Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Again, fellow basement dwellers, it's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds, the San Diego Comic-Con in your house edition, preview edition. We are, we are previewing San Diego Comic-Con as it is this week. It is a virtual con, nothing but videos, Zoom videos, Skype videos, whatever you want to call it, videos abound. Uh, on a schedule just like everything else and we are going to go through today talk a little bit about the con itself and what we're looking forward to but then also we've had a chance to look over the schedule the rundown four days of a virtual con what intrigues us what's kind of met and all of that and of course i am talking in the plural because that means i am naturally joined by our other two co-hosts our good friend the scientist dpp and Mr. David Ungar. Gentlemen, welcome back to the bandwagon. How are we doing today? Wonderful. You're always wonderful, DP. Always <laughs> wonderful. Gotta be. Wow. At least until... Uh, That's ex- why you got invited to the house. That's right. Ex- We're doing wonderful at least until somebody decides to watch Extreme Rules tonight. Then it probably not so right. wonderful. You know, it actually, here's the thing. I feel like... We it might be relevant to the show because it might have nods to like horror movies and stuff in it. I'm I'm not sure. 
like it might right. fit. Like like we said on the DWI show a couple weeks ago, we can't show blood, but we are going to show somebody getting their eye ripped out of their head. So PG, yes, that's, PG that's, era, that's, folks. Figure that out. PG era, folks. You know what? I just want, for my money, I want Dario Cueto to show up and just suddenly be taking over the show. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Coming, coming back to us for a, from a little Lucha Underground. Yeah, give me a Mil Mortes sighting or something and and uh yeah that'd be great ricochet could turn back into prince puma probably be more successful yeah maybe I don't, I don't know i, I define successful i i feel like he's pretty successful now as ricochet making all that you know sweet sweet wwe money well yeah it depends how you define success as in your uh, bank account is flush he's doing fine right there you go uh, but this isn't a wrestling podcast this is a uh, nerd podcast. It's called Bandwagon Nerds, not Bandwagon Wrestling Fans. And this is a big week for us, fellas. Uh, unfortunately, I wish it were a bigger week in the sense that I wish San Diego Comic-Con was happening like on site and in person with the panels that we know and love. Of course, we know that COVID-19 has messed with all of that. But today we're going to talk about what is coming our way. And I still think that there's some pretty good nuggets in there. We're also going to do our review of the final episode of the boys where you know i gotta say after rewatching dave you were about 50 50 on on predictions on things that were you thought might happen versus what might not happen obviously i don't think you saw the twist until it became obvious what was going to happen with the twist yeah but uh i can't wait and we're going to talk a little bit i'm assuming gentlemen that once you guys got through you then jumped on and watched the season two trailer because it it followed right after it so i did i heard there's multiple ones but i did see the one that was on prime yeah the two minute one that's like right there yeah that's and i think that's the one to to watch need to unpack Uh, that one (laughs) do we do have a movie poll uh that did not end in a tie and have a runoff thankfully uh and so we got a winner after uh this week's this past week where we reviewed vacation where I returned to my East German judge roots sort of giving it the lowest rank. I mean, I still ranked it. Well, it's a movie that I like very, very much, but, uh, of the three of us, I was the, I was the Debbie downer of the group. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's because I know our listener, well, 22 oh, listeners yeah. are shocked at that. <laughs> I think, I think the thing is, is that it's my, um, it's it's not my favorite vacation movie. It's actually, you know, it's kind of like with everything else. It's like my third favorite vacation movie. It's the original and it'll always be special. But for some reason, uh, European vacation was always my was always my preferred of the two where they do traveling. And then it's hard to beat Christmas vacation. It's just really hard to beat Christmas vacation. But no, European vacation, like anytime I get it caught in a roundabout, I'm always like, look, kids, there's Big Ben in Parliament. Look, kids, there's Big Ben in Parliament. And and stuff like that. You just got to cut people off, man. Just say, that's it. No more European vacation. I'm out of here. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Massachusetts where we we decided we wanted to be New Jersey and just have roundabouts everywhere. That's that's, that's coming coming around, around the country. We're getting them all over the place, too, now. We never had them. I mean, I used to be anti roundabout, but when they added them to some sections in town on campus where I work, it really did change traffic for the better. So I can't fight it. Like I can't be like, Nope, this sucks because I'm getting home faster. Now Like it can be like, God damn it for making things smoother. Like that doesn't make any sense. So 
and the construction of them is a pain in the ass, but the actual benefit afterwards, I, I'm coming around on them. I'm, I'm getting a little more on board. Yeah, I like them. I, you know, some of the people are haven't figured out how they work yet. I think, and it's right. kind well, of annoying. Yeah, uh, but you know, what you expect? So damn polite. You know, we're always letting everybody in. We're always right. like, no, no, you go ahead, you go ahead, and, uh, and that doesn't work in a roundabout. <laughs> no, and then we have one roundabout by my house that has like this mound in the middle of the roundabout. Mm-hmm. So you can't see the traffic that's coming. And I don't understand why they don't trim that down. Cause I'm like, what? <sighs> you have no idea what's happening or what's coming up in the roundabout. Like just get rid of it. What's the point of having this? It's just, it's just weeds. It's not like it's a beautiful, you know, flowery art garden or anything. It's just this right. mound of dirt. <laughs> I got to throw out there. I appreciate DP that you uh, adopted my term of roundabout as I get yelled at all the time. Cause it's called a rotary. Supposed to, like, I'm supposed to call oh. it a rotary out here, out east. Call it a rotary. Or you can just call and, it a traffic circle. You could also call it a traffic circle. Maybe that's a West Coast thing. I, I don't know. Is that what you Is that what you all call them out there? We just call it uh, opportunity for fuck up. That's kind of what we call it out here. <laughs> Seems way complicated to, to lash out in a sentence. But. So, yeah, we'll talk, uh, we're going to talk about this week's movie poll results. Before we get into all of that, though, noble listener, I uh, do want to put out a brief announcement a slight programming change to the chair shot radio network as you are listening to bandwagon nerds we are a part of the chair shot radio network on the chairshot.com usually coming to you on tuesdays however as i as i said in the chat from the desk of greg demarco we're, we're looking at a little bit of a programming shuffle within the chairshot.com podcast drop list uh, and we're moving looks like looks like we're moving to mondays Third, third time slot in 40 episodes. I feel like we're the scrubs of the Chair Shot Radio Network. That that TV show moved around on NBC more than any five shows ever did. So, but uh, they there's a there's a need over on Mondays, and we're gonna we're gonna take care of that need. And from what I understand, there is a MMA based podcast that hopefully will be coming to us soon on Tuesdays. And so oh, more like, to come it, on that, I'm sure. But it we're, sounds like we're, we're getting. Monday sounds like we're getting the hot tag patrick that that's what it sounds like to me i'm gonna i'm gonna look at it that way as opposed to on the verge of getting canceled like you know <laughs> like that was one of my you guys ever watch a uh, robot chicken on adult swim yeah yeah the final episode of every season is them getting canceled like every really? every season go yeah go back and watch the at least for multiple multiple the first few seasons the last episode would always have them walking into the the last sketch would be Seth Green and I can't remember the other creator's name, but they would always like end up being caught up by the executives and the executive being like, you've been canceled. And then the first episode of the following season would be them getting resurrected and coming back for another season of Robot Chicken. It's, it was a nice, it was a delightful running gag. I always appreciated it. Uh, I'll have to go back and watch some of those. Cause I, I guess H- I never paid attention to it. Yeah. On HBO <laughs> Yeah, just check out the last episode of like season one, season two, and, and yeah, they're they're yeah. getting canceled at the end. It, canceled. I'm sure they they knew they were renewed prior to that, but that's neither here nor there. This week's movie movie poll results are in. We mentioned that we did vacation for for this past week. That is up on thechairshot.com on the nerd review. This week's nerd review, we did a poll of Saturday Night Live alums. And poll was close for quite a bit of time. And then one contender pulled away late. 
Uh, we had the options of uh, Happy Gilmore starring Adam Sandler and then a lot of cameos from an, other SNL alums. We had Coming to America starring Eddie Murphy. We had Anchorman starring our good friend, I forgot his name. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Not a big Will Ferrell fan, so that probably has a little bit to do with why I forgot that. And what was the last one that we put out there? Happy Gilmore, Coming to America, Anchorman. Uh, That one didn't win, obviously. Well, I know it was a three-way tie (laughs) for a a little while. Oh, um, uh, shit. God damn it. Oh, shit. God damn it. That's that's a a classic. Haven't you ever seen that? Yeah. It was John Belushi, right? Yeah. <laughs> he started let's, that one. Let's, let's go to Twitter and actually look <laughs> Yeah, at let's actually look at her that we can't remember now. Profile. This is how Jesus. important this movie was. Wayne's mm-hmm. World. Oh, my oh God. How do we forget oh. that? We didn't finish second, guys. Wayne's World finished second. Oh, we're terrible. This is why 22 people listen to us. And we're not it. worthy. That's 23. for sure. That's true. So I got to thinking about this week's poll. And because it's Comic-Con, I kind of was hoping we could go back to our roots with the voting with the poll this week and do some comic book movies. But my thought was, you know, rather than doing the MCU and stuff like that, doing some of those late 90s, early 2000 comic book movie kickoff, like the movies that kind of made comic book movies viable again in the eyes of popular culture. So I was looking at around maybe like 98, early 2000s. 98, of course, is when Blade hit the theaters. 2000, the year 2000 was X-Men. And 2002, I do believe, was Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire vehicle. And we could either do that one or we could do Spider-Man 2, which is, in my opinion, the superior movie. But By far. By far. Sam Raimi and his Sam Raimiist. But I... Dave, I'm going to defer to you, or actually, I'll defer to either of you, uh, DP. Any good DC late '90s, early 2000 movies? When you think of, I mean, we could go Keanu with Constantine, but I think that was later. That was 15 Ooh. years ago, so that was 2005, right? I think so. No, well, yeah, it's coming up on its 15th anniversary. I don't think that there was anything going on DC wise. Brandon, Brandon Ralph Superman was yeah. 06. Was like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think. Yeah. Batman and Robin was in 97. Oh, fuck. Oof. Yeah, that, that's just... <laughs> that's, no. that's the Val Kilmer one, right? No. Or is that, no, no, that's, that's the Arnold one. Schwarzenegger that's one. Oh, that, yeah. yeah that was, that yeah. was Uma Thurman Oof. is Poison Ivy, and just the fucking disaster that was Bane, and geez, I, I, everything. Everything's wrong. <laughs> if you want to do the so we worst totally movies... That movie oh, yeah. Batman and Robin? Oh, God. <laughs> so bad i mean it could just be a three movie pull too and, and marvel centric if we really want to do that uh because you know i think all three of those are viable huh. blade x-men and what was the uh, spider-man or spider-man 2 yeah. right i think yeah. spider-man 2 might have been 04 a couple of years later so i might be pushing a little bit further i mean spider-man could work as well i think works just fine i think it was 2002 yeah yeah i think that's that's the best we got yeah, I don't know right. if there's a fourth option for for uh, if we're gonna do that. That that's that's there. Yeah, there's just not not a lot. I'd have to look and see what yeah. else was yeah, just... around at that time. But uh, but it's so uh, coming to America won the poll this week, right? Yes, it did. All coming right. to America won the poll, which 
I think you guys, I think it'll be highly rated by all of us. I don't think there'll be any ar- argument there, but no. if you paid attention to me in the eighties project, it was in my top 10. So yeah, can't imagine that one of my top 10 comedies of the eighties won't make it at a, at a pretty darn close to a five out of five. Spider-Man two came out in 2004. It's close oh. enough. <laughs> so. Yeah. You just, you just would rather, you just rather do Spider-Man two, right? No, I, right? I mean, yeah. I, I Spider Man or Spider Man Two, I don't have a problem with X Men. Blade. Yeah, let's 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 do let's stick around the two thousand turn of the century. So we'll do we'll do Blade, X Men, and Spider Man. And next week, you know, this week as we as we work on our articles, it'll be coming to America. We've been doing a lot of comedies lately too, and I just feel like a change of pace might be might be good for us. Get us back to our roots, fellas. Get us back. Yeah. All right. We need to get back to our. So roots. there you have it, folks. We'll be reviewing a a comic book movie for for the first time in a while, Bandwagon Nerds. Very, very excited about this one, no matter the result, because I like all three movies, and I think I own them all, so it makes it easy to review. They're all good. But but let's get into The Boys, season season one, episode eight, season finale. The shit hits the fan. It all goes wrong. But we're one big happy family in the end, aren't we, Dave? We sure are. I mean, absolutely one big happy fucking family. It's fantastic. So of course, <laughs> of course, what we're referring to here is the big twist at the end where we learned that not only is Billy Butcher's wife alive, but that she has been living in secret in a home with Homelander's very much alive son. And Homelander reveals this to Billy after he learns the truth and just twists a big freaking knife in an open wound. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. And DP. after and after Homelander just uh, destroys Madeline by burning her eyes out in the in the twist of Billy Butcher thinking like that was his one weakness was, you know, kidnap to kidnap her and force him to, you know, tell him the truth and tell him what's going on and <laughs> well, that part, that says, part worked. Fuck it. That part worked. <laughs> well, sure. So, sure. let me tell you, the first time I watched that movie, of the two twists that get revealed there, that was the one that got me. Not the uh, not the reveal of the the wife and kids still being alive. Like that was like, oh shit! They just did the deal. They just did the deed on on Elizabeth's shoe. Like, right. Burned her face off. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, this is like his, you know, what his weird mother love fetish who knows what this was and he just went oh yep you're gonna threaten me with her fuck it she's dead then (laughs) i'll just kill her and move on we'll move on yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) man what a what a great episode though i mean and homelander is such an asshole but he was so good at the end of that thing just everything he did was just he's so smart you know he's diabolical and he's twisted but he's so smart and, and at the end of the day, don't you kind of get why he did what he did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You like think whether, that this whether or is, not it's good or bad. Right, but, right. You think this is my weakness? Well, I'm going to eliminate that weakness just to show you that it's actually not my weakness. And and but I, I mean, like the very first scene where he just goes into the terrorist compound, and just lasers everybody. I mean, like and the one guy trying to run away and he just like from a distance just saws him in half <laughs> with his with his eyes and just. You just get the feeling like, wow, he's unstoppable. And, and he's the one who created the uh, terrorists to which which when he was explaining that, I was like thinking, man, that's just that's just a bad idea to empower 
anybody like that, uh, you know, that that could come back to bite him. But yeah, the, the twist. And I just love the shit he does that, with Billy. You know, you talking about Becca. She came three times and he turns and looks at her three times, you know? <laughs> just, well, uh, and here's the thing is you don't know what the deal is with that. Because, I, I, you know, you argued whether or not it was consensual or not. And we don't really know the nature of what happened behind that room. We know no. she walked into a room under auspices of a meeting that she walked out disheveled. And they really He's, don't show much about it. It's silent. You don't know. He says she and came then, on yes, to her. I believe Homelander. I mean, why would he lie? <laughs> because he's the bad guy? Why Why you got to be that dude, Dave? Don't be well, that guy. We don't and, know. And I guess we'll fight. Yeah, that's the thing is we don't know. We don't know when he knew about the family either. You know, did he know this whole time that she was alive or did he find out after he went and talked with uh, John, you know, his father figure in the lab who he probably realized lied and then went, like he said, I think he said he went back to see him again and got probably got the truth out of him. So I'm thinking he didn't know until he realized he was lying. I figure he negotiated with him with heat vision and that's how he got the truth (laughs) out of it. Seems like it is like Superman is just doing all of the murdering. But uh, oh, yeah. but on top of that, you know, you've got the the Starlight situation where she's really conflicted with who she is and what she's supposed to be. But eventually, does the uh, right? I was very disappointed in the fight between Starlight and A Train because I'm like, dude, she should have whooped his ass, you know, and all no, that stuff. I di- I disagree wholeheartedly because it's experience versus power. So well, true. The way I look at the way I look at that battle is A Train's been doing this for for years. Starlight's been in Iowa, not really doing anything. Like everything that she's had has been set up and pre-done. Right. And she's trained and she's really questioning herself too, in a lot of ways. And she's not hopped up on V. Like that's the thing is a trade hopped up on V and of course suffers that heart attack at the end. Yeah. Which is ultimately what his downfall is in this episode. Now, whether we've seen the end of a train or not, we don't know whether or not he's dead. We don't know. Um, but we do know there's a couple of nudges that Starlight gets that pushes her in the direction of helping uh, helping Huey. And I liked that because it wasn't just her and Huey's conversation where he's like, you know, you saved me when we were bowling. Like that that made this huge difference. It was also the nudge that she gets from Maeve. And Maeve telling her that I'm lost from what I was. Don't be me. Now that could all change in season two. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't yeah. know. I think one of the big questions I have is everybody assumes that when that bomb went off, it killed uh, the kid. What was the kid's name? The baby's name. Madeline's baby. I can't remember the baby's no. name. Teddy. I think Teddy was Teddy? his name. I, I don't remember. But everybody assumes that, you know, because Homelander hated that kid because Madeline loved the kid more than she loved Homelander. So you assume who the father is. Well, that's the thing. Is Homelander the father? And and you assume the kid's killed when the explosion goes off, but that you don't really know. And, you know, who knows if that's a, another twist in this whole thing that comes in in season two. But, uh, yeah, it just it really there a, a hell of a swerve at the end of that whole thing that just kind of, you know, that's what I said. I texted you last night after I watched it and I said, my only thing after saying episode eight is motherfucker. It just uh, it just caught caught well, you you know like right by surprise like okay I did not see it going that way but wow and his other kid you know has has the glow it gets glowing red eyes you see that happen and it's like okay did was it born with powers then because 
that would right. be kind of a first, right? That hasn't happened. They've all been changer. You know, right. That's right. They've all been given the compound V afterwards. So that could be a totally different thing. And we don't, yeah. And the, and the other baby, we don't know if, you know, Madeline's kid had any powers or anything and, and if it survived or not. So no idea. Yeah. They're trying to experiment with genetics here to see if they can pass powers on genetically, which opens up a whole new world well, of possibilities. I don't know. Again, I don't know that that was an experiment. <laughs> So much as a thing that that happened that they're going to try to monetize. I think that's absolutely if what if Vought gets its hand on a child that was born naturally, that which is what it clearly looks like it was doing, like hiding them off and having them live somewhere. We don't know. Again, I think this is a season two thing of we're going to get filled in as to that life because we don't know what's what's happened. We you know, we have assumed that Billy's wife was dead. Because that's what they, you know, that's what they've told you. The other thing, it's a, it's a little thing, but it's nice to see we get a little bit of uh, the deep going off the deep. Oh yeah, and uh, it, I, it's one of those things. It's like sad, and yet at the same time, I'm still laughing as they're playing. Everybody hurts as he's like shaving his head and finding out that he's really stuck in. Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, Ohio. Yeah, hanging out with <laughs> Tommy oh, Callahan. Tommy yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that should have uh, been on our SNL poll. Yeah, I felt. I mean, I, I, and like we said last week, you can't help but start to feel bad for this guy, even though he's a douchebag. But you know, right. it, just watching him and watching him sink further and further, and somewhere Aquaman's just looking at this guy, saying, "Man, nut up, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you?" You know. So. Not if it's seventy. Not if it's seventy. Super friend Aquaman. He's being like, I feel you. <laughs> that yeah, Aquaman doesn't count. Pat. That <laughs> Aquaman doesn't count, Patrick. That's uh, not, I think that's uh, not canon. I think, no. <laughs> I think season two is going to be a redemption story for the deep. This is kind of what I feel is going to happen. I, you know, we don't know where he's going or where he's going to head, and you know, it feels like he's going to be part of, you know, probably the. I, guess the gooder side of things because i don't know if there's really a good side the of all this horrible superheroes <laughs> L- yeah, lesser like of all evil bad superheroes which <laughs> right. i guess nice nice segue by the way dp yeah nice, that DP. takes us right into we finished that episode and then we've all rewatched. i've watched it multiple times the trailer for season two and can't wait for the next few weeks to get by so that the first episodes can drop september and I can 4th season two which we need to count the weeks and then figure out what show we're going to watch so that we can end it right in time to start the boys season two that's 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 what i'm feeling i don't know if we got a good six episode show out there but boy how do we need to try and find one well there's only one that i can think of that would work in that time frame unless we pull double duty uh, you're gonna make me. You're, you're still trying to get me to watch that uh, Crisis on that, Infinite uh, Earths, man. It's five five episodes. Knew, five I saw, episodes. I saw where you were going. I saw where you were going. It's, it's easy. Like we'll even big softball. Tunny would even come back for that. I think maybe he would. I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> I still like the idea about doing the poll, and even if we have no, Dad, that's a no. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea about doing the poll, and whatever wins, if we have to double up episodes, hey. Fine. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I think we can look at that because, well, I was just trying to think of other stuff because I know right now Doom Patrol has been getting a lot of talk and traction. And oh, yeah. DC vehicle. Uh, I haven't watched a second of that, um, but would willingly jump on that bandwagon. Well, if I if I may, 
if we were talking about the last poll that we did, right, and if we swap out the boys for the Doom Patrol, then you're looking at Crisis on Infinite Earths, Umbrella Academy, Tales from the Loop, and Doom Patrol. And that's a pretty right. good foursome, I think. Right. Doom Patrol season one is 15 episodes. So we would have to, we would probably definitely double up on that one. And I think Umbrella Academy is eight, and the new season actually starts at the end of this month. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, and if all this stuff drops, we may have to assign each of us to do us to do a show. Do a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we'll put up that poll. We'll pull it up today, even though it's Sunday. Uh, just because I don't want us to double, we'll, and we'll maybe do like a forty-eight hour window on that as as folks who are listening to this now will realize this is in the past tense, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put up the new poll. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do it after the show drops since we're talking about it on the show. That sounds like what good podcast do, right? Is that what, is that what normal Most of the time? Do? Yeah. All right. I don't so we'll know. Do I don't do, I don't do a good podcast. So yeah. I have no idea. None of us do what good talking podcasts. about a winner is you is a good podcast. <laughs> this is a good, I think this is a good podcast. I enjoyed even when we go three hours long and I get criticism that we buried the lead on our interview and I'm like, well, you're right. But, uh, I what? still enjoyed the show. How do you bury the lead on the interview? <laughs> Just cause he was buried in the middle. Like he was late in the show and in the midst of our list show. I, I, oh. I get where they're, well, yeah, that's in, I mean, in my own list. And I was like, yeah, this probably could have gone. And we were three hours. We, we, we did do pull the Gilligan's Island link. Well, it's difficult uh, because, you know, sometimes you want to lead with the interview and other times, you know, it, it's the magic of post-production, Patrick. I can always fix what? that. Yeah, it's fine. I talked way too much about Queen, too. That was the other thing. I was like, man, I really like I was doing the listen back. I was like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, they're my favorite band. But like, I, I couldn't tell that should you guys should have cut me off. <laughs> stop me. But uh going back to the trailer for season two, it sure looks like we're gonna get some uh some cool new characters in- introduced. Indeed, at least one new member of the seven that is that has been put out there. I can't remember the name of any of these characters, by the way. So I don't remember talking... the character, but I know it's played by Aya Cash, which is pretty cool. I like her. So and, and weren't right. they mentioning something about call-ups and stuff, which makes you think that there's like a minor league <laughs> for the seven or well, something? There is like that's that's the whole thing is that they all apply and then they're stationed throughout. That's I mean, you see that in the first episode when Starlight gets the call, like she gets the call to to fill in and replace uh, shoot invisible guy. Translucent. No, Trans- not translucent. No, that's not who she replaced. No, he was or no, somebody retired. Somebody retired. I can't yeah. some random one off character retired. Translucent was on the team. That's right. So this person probably, you know, they've still got to replace Translucent because he's dead. They haven't replaced the Deep because he's been reassigned. You know, they as as Homelander mentioned up mentioned in the penultimate episode, they're down a couple. So got to get them back to full strength. It'll be interesting to see who takes the place of Madeline, how that's going to get covered up or, or explained. Like the, the nice thing about season two is, at least the trailer, is they don't really tell you much about where the story is going to go. You know, you've got... The question of where Starlight's loyalties lie. Uh, you've got the question of who's going to be sort of the Vought person that takes over handling of the Seven. You've got one of my favorite images from the trailer ever in that sort of father-son relationship of Homelander tossing his kid into a pool from the roof <laughs> of a building. Fly, fly, bitch, <laughs> fly. Awesome. Right. <laughs> so there, there's a lot going on, and... There is a certain good feeling, I don't know about you guys, of Billy Butcher 
walking into a dark, dank basement room, hideout, whatever, and just being like, "Daddy's home." So he's, so he's Tommaso. He's Tommaso Ciampa now. Okay, oh, got yeah. it. He's back and ready to kick some ass. It seems like nothing's changed with he's him. Got, he's got some work to do. So, <laughs> well, and I like that. You know, one of the images that you saw was Starlight walking next to Homelander. I think out of the Vought building. So okay. you know, it, it obviously Starlight's still part of the Seven, but what you know, she's obviously kind of on the other side of things, though. So when you know, she, is that that's going to end up getting found out? I'm sure at some point in the next season. So she's still part of the team, but yet is kind of playing for the other side. And I still think and that still I still think somebody who Homelander gave that compound V to that's going to backfire on them, and somebody's going to emerge oh. with a power set that can match his, and that's going to be a problem. Thing. Is, is, is that's got to come back to haunt him because he's obviously feels he's invincible and now giving compound V to terrorists and making soups is going to be obviously probably in a way his downfall because they're, they've got to get, you know, more powerful than he is to, you know, overcome his, you know, his supposed invincibility. So he's going to probably feel that one, I'm sure somewhere down the line. And, and how about, I, I forgot to mention, but I, I still want to know what they're going to do with black noir. Because when he was playing the piano, he sat down <laughs> next to the piano player in the last episode and started playing he the piano. Like, yeah. the guy. Just like, I just love that he looks at the piano player and he's character. like, yeah, okay, I'm gone. <laughs> and then he breaks out this great piano. And I mean, he's like obviously talented in that way. So right. he's obviously still there. You saw him in, in one of the, in the, you know, a couple images of the trailers. So I, I just, are they well, going to do anything with him other than just doing these little goofy bits? Just, because just it's kind point, of funny. Just, po- just point at him across the table and be like, except for you, you're yeah. good. Like, like, like Homelander said, he's good. He's good. So no problems from him. Thoroughly excited as season two is getting dropped soon. You know, September this fall, despite some bad news that we're going to talk about here in a second, still a lot of just great stuff dropping. Whether it's on Amazon Prime, whether it's on Disney Plus, I'm looking at you, Mandalorian. We've got yeah, it just everything seems to be seems to be coming full steam for us, and, and that's going to be a great time for the show. An, an embarrassment of riches for a change as opposed to, I don't know, well, we haven't talked about this one yet. So stay tuned for more because that's coming. And that'll put a bow on season one of, of The Boys, epi- you know, episode eight, put a bow on season one. Final thoughts about the first season, Dave. You watched it for the first time. What what do you, how, how are you feeling about, about us forcing this one on you? Wait a sec. No one forced this on me. This was a vote of the people. The people voted, and, and I am thrilled that the people chose this. I'm curious to see how this next poll comes out. Uh, you know, that's for sure. I, I love this this show. This may have honestly been my favorite of the four so far, just because it is so unorthodox and it is so far removed from what you're expecting, you know? That sort of thing. You know, and I was, t- I was talking to my wife this morning. I was saying, you know why the boys is so fucked up? I mean, when you think about who wrote it or co-wrote it, Garth Enos wrote this thing. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's read Preacher or even watched Preacher, probably more read Preacher than watched it, should be experienced with just how way out there Garth is as far as his writing. So it, it doesn't surprise me in the end. But I, I loved I loved the uh, the series. I mean, it, it is it is so different and so unique. And it really does put a different spin on the way superheroes are portrayed with the big the big two, like Marvel and DC portrays them very differently 
than the boys does, which is more like these guys have all this power and they're, it's all about private agendas and stuff like that. And, and then you realize that, yeah, they're just trying to manufacture and leverage superpowers to the highest bidder to do, you know, what they want to do. And, and I, I thought, I thought it was a great show and, and, and there's, there's really charismatic characters involved in this stuff. There's a good interplay between what the non-powered are doing and what the powered ones are doing. There is some bit of a moral compass with Starlight and even Maeve a little bit. So that's balanced out. It's uh, it was a fantastic, fantastic show. I'm just thrilled that that one got picked and I'm super excited for C. I, I'm excited for all of the season twos that we have coming up. I mean, all four shows that we've done so far have been magnificent, very different from each other. And, uh, right. We have had, we've been eclectic. Yeah. I do think it would be interesting for us to go back and try to find the reviews where we've been like, this is the best show we've reviewed so far. Cause I feel like we've said that on more than one occasion. So there I have been, yeah. I mean, if you're, key, I know it came up. Right. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, episodes that are just the iconic ones that stand out, I, I mean, yeah, there's been within each series, there's been a couple that really just jump to the forefront, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, seven and eight for the boys were the ones that really, really the last two really kind of hammered at home for me. But uh, yeah, they've all they've all been great shows with great characters. You know, you think about from the Mandalorian to the Witcher to Lock and Key to the boys. Yeah, those are some tremendous characters that you're dealing with. Yeah, a thousand percent. DP, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just this I love this one and being able to watch it again was really cool just to kind of remind yourself, especially with the next season coming up, of what's been going on and, and just the idea of more humanizing superheroes and making have to deal with not only, you know, having the powers, but dealing with real life situations and things like that too, just and how you know, people, not everybody with superpowers are going to be good guys and they can, they can turn and just be use their powers for evil and, or just whatever their own personal gain. And it's just kind of cool to see that kind of different take on a lot of things. And at the same time, trying to be, you know, a business and a corporation and use them for that type of thing is just, it's such a odd collection of things that we, like Dave said, we don't normally see when it comes to superheroes or anything like that. So it's, it definitely was an awesome show, and I can't wait for season two. God help us definitely. if we ever get Dash and Homelander together. <laughs> for Dash from Lock and Key and Homelander together, be like, oh, Jesus, we're done. There's some, there's some real Dodge, by the way. Dodge, Dash. yeah, Dodge. Dash. Dash. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's, been, so, it's been eight weeks since we watched Lock and Key, so I don't remember. It's true. It's funny. I can't remember the characters' names while we're watching the show, but after we're done, <laughs> yeah, there you still go. trap, baby. Yeah. Well, I do want to move on before we take a break to some bad news as 2020 has struck again. And this time it came as Disney released its Disney Plus August slate and Falcon and the Winter Soldier set to debut in August, no longer debuting in August. Still not done filming yet, fellas. That's the thing that stuck to me. Not only is it not done filming, it's only got nine days of filming left. So it's not that it's not close. And yet here we are. So I'm just going to, you know what? Fuck 2020. Like, fuck (laughs) off 2020. For all the excitement we have about stuff coming, MCU is starting to worry me a little bit now. 
Well, and yeah. I, I wonder, you know, they're delaying this, you know, they're like, yeah, they're not done filming. I, I'm kind of shocked that they're not done filming at this point. And, you know, I wondered if it had anything to do with the movies as well. I don't, I don't know if they're tying anything of this to the movies because, right. you know, all those are getting delayed. There's a Black right. Widow that got pushed back. Everything got pushed back six months. So does this have to do with that too? Because some of the stuff is going to be tied in. So they don't want to release it earlier than what's expected. I don't know. Right. Well, Kevin Feige has been very clear that these Disney plus series are immersive in the MCU timelines and universe. And even if you look at last year's comic-con panel that Disney did with the MCU, when they showed the timeline and the release schedule of the MCU, the Disney plus shows were a part of the phases and you can go back and look at it. So I do think you're a thousand percent onto something there with uh, how this all ties together. But what Black Widow got pushed back again, though, right? Isn't it that we're at November now? It's yeah, November 6th, I think, is when it got pushed back to and sometime in November. Right. Of this year or 2021? Of this year. This year. Dude, this year. I, I'll tell you this right now. My prediction you're not going to see that movie till 2021. I I don't think you see any of this stuff till 2021. That's honestly no bullshitting around. I really think all this stuff gets shoved to 2021 cuz it's just other than new uh yeah, new mutants you might see on streaming. Eh. But um but yeah, I don't I just I just don't think they're going to you're going to see anything this year that's MCU related. And and, and and to be honest, I think Wonder Woman gets shoved to 2021. I think they will do the right thing and just punt on 2020 and say, fuck this. Do you think that's because of a desire to get butts and seats for the theater? I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I think that, you know, we've talked before on the show about the our, you know creative vision and that sort of thing. And just releasing some of these big name things to streaming only is not conducive to what the director wants to do as far as his vision or the creative vision is con- is concerned. And I think movies like black widow, wonder woman, 1984, um, <clears throat> whatever else they had coming out. It- it's a big screen experience an experience in-, in the theaters that they don't want to compromise on. And-, and I just, and you just look at where everything's trending right now. And yeah, there's some, you know, promising news on the vaccine front, but yeah. Okay. When does that happen? And and that sort of thing. And it, it seems like everything's kind of crescendoing towards 2021 right now, other than sports, which seems to be just saying, let's go. And it's like, all right, well, well, that depends on the type of sports too. Like, I think, I think, you know, I think I, I'm a bit of a college sports fan. So I, I think they're stalling and, and we won't see, like, I don't know that we'll see football in 2020. I don't know. I mean, and like, it seems like baseball is going to happen, though. They, I saw there was an exhibition between the yeah, I mean, Phillies week, and the Nationals. This week, it's opening day, quote-unquote opening day is this weekend. Yeah, the D.C. cleared the Nationals-Yankees to play. Uh, Toronto yep. won't let the Blue Jays play in Canada. <laughs> so it's like, well, okay, that sort of thing. Now, but they moved playing, to Buffalo or something? Playing in Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo, the Buffalo, Blue, the Buffalo Blue Jays. There you go. So, um, But, I, yeah, I... I I just, I just think like, like you're saying, Patrick. I think they really want to get that theater experience. And you think there's any possibility that things have calmed down by November enough for us to go back to the movies? I, I just, you're talking what three months? Yeah, I don't know. I, I and I, the reality is, is that we don't know. And we're also starting to see, like, you just you look at 
what other entities are doing in anticipation of how this virus may spread and surge. Disregard what's going on currently in Texas, California, uh, Arizona, Florida, all those states that are having these big upswings. Some would argue that California isn't going through a second surge, that it's going through an an extension of the original surge, whatever. The the reality is, is that you're even seeing it out of these states that are starting to reopen that have done a good job. States like Illinois, states like Massachusetts, where I currently live, where as the reopening happens, the virus comes back. And, you know, and Illinois is in okay shape, for example, but like their cases have gone up. I, I'm extremely concerned about what happens in Massachusetts, where I live, when we start to go full bore. And when we start to get into these places where, like, where I work, the University of Massachusetts, we're bringing students back. And we're not bringing back full capacity because families have had the opportunity to opt out, not come back. But we're still looking at thousands of people coming back into a relatively condensed space. How long does that last? What happens if cases start to like if cases start to spike in the, in the town? We're we're back to shutting down. And so I think we're going to step backwards, fellas. I really do. I think that. That's why you saw it out of the movie theaters. Like the movie theaters are like, we're coming back. No, maybe we shouldn't, even though that's going to be a penalty. Yeah, I know California stepped right in and and was doing that and then shut everything back down. And uh, especially like movie theaters. And, and, you know, I mean, California is a big kind of an indicator for the rest of the nation because you're talking about one of the largest economies in the world, not just the United States. So, um, yeah, and and stuff out here is, is just getting uglier by the day, that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I'm not real optimistic. I think they are going to scale things back because they just, they clearly don't have an understanding of this thing. All the theories that the heat in the summer would, uh, would stifle this thing. Well, it's the exact opposite, which of course, if anybody was studying what was going on in New Zealand and Australia, when all this shit first started, that should have been an indication that shit, it's hotter there than it is here, you know? And did we just go see a fortune teller? Is that what that we did? Yeah, to decide called, this called Miss Cleo. Yeah, Miss Cleo said <laughs> oh, that it's gonna going to take care of it. He'll oh, take okay. care of it. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for all we know, the winter, the, the really extreme cold might slow this damn thing down at this rate. Yeah, who even knows? Yeah. Can, can you go to water slides in Wisconsin, though? You can. They're, <laughs> we're starting to go backwards, though. We're, we're doing the yeah. same thing, though, because lately, in the last couple of weeks, uh, bars started to close down again and everything and now they're starting to actually mandate masks which nobody's actually enforcing it but like grocery stores and i know the walmarts are doing it but like everybody here around here is like okay they're forcing you you know well not forcing but they're saying it is required to wear a mask to come in but it doesn't seem like it's being enforced just yet but we're we're taking a step back as well we're you know yeah See, and that's and that's the thing is Massachusetts next week is set to open to that step that you just described right there, DP, of being able to like I'm a bowler. We've talked about this uh, and the bowling alley that I go to. They're very excited because they're going to open in some capacity. Now, whether I, I don't quite understand all the restrictions or rules or what they're putting into place, but they're reopening in a capacity to where the bar is going to be available now whether you can actually like sit at the bar and just chill or anything like that i don't think that's happening until like phase four but we're going to take this step 
and it's patently ignoring what's happening in other places. And I think that's what, Dave, I think that just to bring this whole conversation full circle, I think that's where you're hitting it on the head, is that we're not going to be able to go to a movie theater to see these movies right now. And probably honestly shouldn't try this step until that vaccine comes about. And I can already hear the the other half of the crowd that's crowing against this. The anti-vaxxers, but, yep. <laughs> well, not even the anti-vaxxers, just even the anti-mask people. Like the right. same people that are like against right. a lot of these different precautions who just don't see it. Right. Whether it's the we're too far gone, we might as well let it run its course. People to just folks who don't want to you know, feel like their freedoms are being taken away. To even just your government officials who are trying to pay attention to a public health threat. Putting us all into a theater because we want to see Black Widow <laughs> seems like a very bad prospect. Right. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a sign of the country, the divisiveness in the country. The coronavirus right. is a kind of not a microcosm, but more of a macrocosm of what's going on in, you know, there is no consensus. You've got so many people who still think this is all a fraud. Uh, so mm-hmm. many people who still think that masks are an impingement on their constitutional rights. Like, what constitutional right do you have to go to fucking Walmart, dude? You know, it, it, it's it's that kind of mentality that these are my rights not to wear a mask. No one's saying you have to wear a mask, but, you know, you should be responsible enough not to potentially expose somebody if you're just one of these lucky people who has this and doesn't show any symptoms. But you can't you can't get any consensus amongst the people in the nation. If everybody was on the same page, yeah, I think this virus would be under control by now. But that's not what's going on. So from state to state to state to state, there is no consensus. People do things differently. Everything's just, it's a constant fluctuation of this thing. People can say, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's no worse than the flu. Well, that may be true, but all the hospitals are overrun with all these patients. And when the healthcare system collapses, that is when it's worse than the flu. So but yeah, coming full circle, yeah, how do you open theaters with this stuff? I mean, okay, we're going to open up Black Widow for showings of 10 people at a time. Um, I don't think that's financially going to work for the theaters so well. It but may be great for us. Years, man. <laughs> What's just that? Be in the theater forever. Yeah. Just be in the theater forever. Black Widow running that's for it. the yeah. second year in a row 14. in the movies. <laughs> well, no, then then you, if you want to go see it, then they're going to lock the door and you're stuck in there for 14 days. <laughs> you get to watch Black think- Widow. <laughs> but you're I, I, I do think we, I, I, you know, we've talked about guests and some great guests. I'm going to see about getting somebody who has a, a window into the theater, movie theater industry to come on this show. I, I know I got a, I got a connection that um, I want to see if they can get on. Cause I think this is a really good topic for a show that we we've, we've talked about and we've hit on, but really what at the end of the day, well, kind of like with the music industry and the interview we did with Jim last week, what is this pandemic going to do to entertainment as we know it? By the way, anti-maskers, send all your hate tweets to at Attitude Ag uh, <laughs> on Twitter. By all means, send your shit and, here so I could this we can discuss your impingement of your constitutional rights. So, and the lawyer will reply to you. Yeah, I will. So, there you go. I'll point and to the Bill the of Rights. I'll say, I'm sorry. There's no place in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights that talks about face coverings. Did you know that? And then, if you want to, if you want to argue the science, it's at it's me DPP. That's right. And the scientists will tell you how you're wrong as well. <laughs> anyway, I you yeah, know I, I, I think, wish I do think, I wish like like Jim was saying you know like the the way that local H did that thing with the drive-ins. I really wish there right. were more drive-ins available because that would really 
solve a lot of this stuff where they could get I mean, yeah, the movies years that ago this would be the perfect time right. for yeah for if, this was, if this was <laughs> we're in the 50s it'd be great you know but uh but we're not and uh there's what a handful of drive-ins still i mean there's like maybe five in california or something i don't know what massachusetts I'm or wisconsin has there there are there are a few in massachusetts i know about somehow i've ended up i don't know if it's because of a friend of a friend but i've ended up getting in my newsfeed one of the nearby drive-ins that is showing and they're showing double features but they're not showing anything new but we, but it's still cool because like there's i mean it's still nice it's like a thing to do like this week i think they're doing something that it's jurassic park combined with another movie and i can't remember what that movie is so don't don't quote me on it but it like they're they're making money because it is a viable quote-unquote viable way to 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 do business there's just it's like you said, Dave. There's not enough. It's just no, not enough. No, and, I mean, in that, it, it, I mean, if movies were available, maybe like private screenings or something would be an option that movies would look into. Like, okay, you got a a bunch of people. Okay, everybody's been tested. They're all negative. We're sure that this is going to be okay. Sure, we'll do a private screening. You know, fit in. I, I mean, like that's when I saw Rise of Skywalker. It was a private screening. You know, back before everything went straight down the the toilet. But again, you know, if you can't finish filming and you can't you can't go into post-production, you can't do all the editing uh, because you, of the restrictions. And what's it matter? You bring up a good point. In that Rise of Skywalker came out and then everything went down the toilet. Ah, that's not an accident. That is it's it's uh, it's Rise of Skywalker's fault. I see. Rise of COVID. Rise of COVID. <laughs> Oh, it was great yesterday. One of my one of my <laughs> wife's grandkids. We were we were barbecuing, and he was talking. I was talking about Hebrew National hot dogs. They're kosher dogs. So he comes out and says, "I want a COVID dog," and I'm like, uh, "That's not what you really want. That's probably uh, the worst kind of hot dog you can possibly have. COVID dogs. There's the name of this. Too, there's the name of this episode. COVID dogs. <laughs> COVID dogs. It's too bad uh, we didn't have Jim on for that comment. Jim used to have a Hebrew National hat he used to wear around campus all the time. Love that, that was my stuff. that was my lunch. I just had two Hebrew national hot dogs for lunch. Good Very man, nice. DP. Good They're man. Fantastic. We are a Nathan's hot dog family out here in, in Massachusetts. So, yeah, nothing but bad news all around on the Disney Plus MCU front. And, <laughs> and hopefully it gets better soon. But we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to try to get excited and hyped for San Diego Comic-Con because... It's still coming. It's virtual, but it's still coming. And so we here at the bandwagon want to be sure that we give you at least our preview of things that we're looking forward to and are excited about. But before we go to break, I do need to tell you that this is Bandwagon Nerds. We're playing on the chairshot.com on the part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Please also take some time to head over to Pro Wrestling Tees and check out the chairshot.com store that is at www.prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can see all kinds of uh, wonderful shirts out there, whether it's the chair shot logo, whether it's my recently purchased gentlemen, I did it. I bought a chairshot.com shirt. The hashtag safe tag team wrestling shirt is now mine. Proud owner. Nice. There it is right here for the camera. Even I have purchased a <laughs> chairshot.com shirt. They are wonderful. You can get them in regular style and or soft style um check them out there's all kinds of great stuff there when we come back san diego comic-con at home you're listening to bandwagon nerds on the chair shot radio network at the chairshot.com 
Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressive. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ah, the coin noise. Love the coin noise. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. Gentlemen, it's Comic-Con season. It is San Diego Comic-Con time, even if it is a little bit different. As we talked about, God, a million years ago when it first got announced, San Diego Comic-Con is different this year. It's virtual. So... Basically, what that means is that everything is available on the Comic-Con YouTube channel. And it appears, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've looked through this website more than once. It appears that this is free. Yeah, I was looking for that, too. I think so. Uh, See anything where there's a price or anything for the different events. And so... we're gonna. I guess we'll start with just sort of... We talked about our general reaction to this when when it was first, when the news first broke. And it was really what we talked about was kind of the feeling of inevitability that this was going to happen clearly with what's going on in California right now, Dave, since your people messed it all up, it was definitely going to happen like the way that it is, that this was 1000% the right decision. But here we are a week heading into it. What are our thoughts on a virtual convention? Well, I think similar to like the board gaming convention. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a good idea. This is the best we can come up with, but at least it kind of makes people feel like they're still connected to the industry or they're connected to the event. And, and they're still it's it's something to get some content out there. We can't do everything we want to do, but, you know, let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's get some people involved who can talk a little bit about what we're hoping is going to happen in the future. I mean, obviously, that's all up in the air because you know coronavirus basically told san diego comic-con they, they pulled an anchor man on them and says go fuck yourself san diego you're not having anything this year so this is the best we can hope for right now and, and i mean and, and it's great it, it it does give you an opportunity to to see some of your favorites to see some panels they're talking about things that are happening in the industry yeah i, I mean it's it's disappointing sure that it's not the real thing but really Given the circumstances, how how can, how can you really complain? I think it I think it's kind of sucks for the community at large because the people that like to go to these things and get cosplayed and, and dress up and 
be part of that community and see in person some of your favorites and get autographs and signings and you know seeing what's what's coming up new and be able to purchase things and and stuff like that it is going to be hugely missed and and you know very disappointing for a lot of people for someone like me who has never gotten to go to one of these things and would really enjoy just seeing the panels and listening to the, some of the people talk and being able to see some of these trailers that'll come out for new shows. And, you know, that is pretty cool. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's kind of neat. I think that opens some doors in the future for, you know, people that don't necessarily want to go, but can still at least see the conferences and see some of the, you know, some of these meetings and, and get togethers. Like that's pretty cool, you know, for, for the world being able to do that part of it. I think that's really neat. Um, to still have that, whether or not that, you know, in the future they start charging for it, but for free, I'm definitely going to be checking out a good handful of these. That's for sure. And the nice thing about this is I was, as I was reading through the site is that these panels are going to come on and they are going to follow a schedule and they, they put it out as they traditionally do two weeks in advance, which is great. So that people can go through and you can actually build your own schedule, all that fun stuff. Those videos though are still going to exist after the panel ends. Well, and some of them they do say will be for a limited time, so you won't be able to watch them like forever and ever. But say you're like me and I work and can't take time out of my you know afternoon to watch a panel that I'm interested in. That's still going to be available to you on that YouTube channel at least for a, for for a period of time. The things I think the things that I'm most disappointed in, and I'd be interested to know if this would have been different had Comic Con been in person and live. The, there are some pretty significant notable absences from Comic-Con that have, that are usually there. MCU is not going to be there. There's not, and In fact, Disney, for the most part, is absent from San Diego Comic-Con. Same thing for the DCU. There's not some big, unless I miss it on the schedule, there's not a big DC Universe panel out there there's i think the biggest sort of entertainment panel that's happening is star trek where there's a star trek um universe with like picard they're going to do updates on the show uh picard and that cast is going to be there and the other star trek show that's going to be on that cbs streaming network they're they're planning a, a pretty significant panel so that's pretty cool but what i do love about this change is that i actually think it brings comic-con back to comics there are a ton of panels that are focusing on comic books and what the industry and a lot of characters and titles, where they're going next. There is a Marvel series of panels about comic books. There are several DC panels that are about upcoming comic books and when you look at the origin of the con, that's really where it came from, was celebrating that art form. And in, as years have changed, it's it shifted. It shifted to now be more of an entertainment expo for film. Movie industry has really taken over the Comic-Con. And so this virtual con, while it does still have a ton of entertainment stuff, I think it's great for comic books because this is a showcase for that. Yeah. And especially in this kind of age, as we've transitioned a lot of comic books to featured movies, that's kind of where that change is starting to happen. And now it's more about 
the next movie of these things rather than right where it started. It's comic con. It's not movie con. <laughs> right. You, and you look at like the th- last three shows that we've reviewed for uh bandwagon nerds have all been based off of very successful graphic novels. So it's not just a transition transition to the movies. It's a transition to the streaming services, which you got to figure with this. The longer this pandemic goes on, uh, the more important the streaming services as far as a means for people to distribute their content become. And, you know, if you're looking for ideas, there's a lot of great graphic novels that are out there that can be turned into stuff that's just as good as Lock and Key, The Boys, The Witcher. You know, The Witcher is more video game based than graphic novel based, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, ideas and and and. I do think it's going to be kind of kind of going back to their roots a little bit, you know, kind of getting away from because uh, everybody, you know, last year when, when Comic-Con, everybody was just like phase four. OK, where's the phase four timeline? What's going to be announced for phase four? When are the movies coming out? Which movies are coming out? What about phase five? OK, there's a little tidbit about mutants in here, a little drop of a hint about Fantastic Four. So you won't get that this year, which is, like you said, disappointing. But they're going to have to uh, go back to their roots and talk about. Yeah, maybe maybe they are going to talk about comics and 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 things that you know are on the horizon, graphic novels that they're excited about, and things like that. So, in, in that respect, I'm fine with it. It's it, it is it's better than nothing, that's for sure. I am going to miss cosplay. Well, you can you dress know, you can dress up in a costume. We should all show up well, next week in cosplay just to kind of you know have fun with it. So I have never cosplayed ever in my life. This is not my thing. More power to you if it is. Like if you get joy out of it, I did one thousand percent. I did I did once at Stan Lee's yeah. Kamikaze, which was down in LA, and I put on my full on Batman thing and and didn't break character the whole day, talked like this the whole day. You know, get out of my face. It's time for you know, and, and it, to the point that my voice just kind of gave out on me by the end of the day. So I uh, like that image in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you and full batman oh it's it was fun but uh, it was fun there were a few people like that but that's the only time i've ever done it but and my costume was kind of lame compared to some of the ones that are out there if i was to do it now i might even dress up like homelander except i'd have to dye my hair blonde yeah you know never I'm mind really concerned about your idealization of homelander today like, <laughs> right. i am concerned people if you know dave don't keep any secrets from him right now because he may burn your eyes out. You never know. EP, oh. what about you? You ever uh, you ever uh, cosplayed there? I have dressed up for Halloween. Does that count? I mean, yeah. Close I mean, enough. You know, that's about it, really. You know, I got to, got a couple of Lucha masks. I'll wear the Lucha mask and I got to, you know, I'll dress up as a queso cabeza, cheese head with the Lucha mask and a cheese head on. You know, I got a poncho, Green Bay poncho. So. <laughs> That's I, uh, about as far as I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I, I I get that people love Halloween. I love I get that people love cosplay. It's never been my thing. You know, it's funny you mentioned Lucha Mask. If I was gonna cosplay Strong Bad from the HomestarRunner.com nice. uh, website, that would probably be one of my favorites. I just can I you love, have? I love those Flash cartoons. Can you have uh, your your the little O'Dowd or, or the wife dress up as Trogdor? I would I would have a little O'Dowd dress up as the cheat, the little <laughs> the little pet, and then yeah I can't make the misses to Frogdoor man like that's a path to divorce right there my God, <laughs> honey, 
Can you dress up like a giant dragon with biceps? Because oh, you no. look like it. And just say Trogdor. <laughs> Maybe strong set. Good luck the, with that, the, man. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't think that one's going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that took a turn. But I, I do think that's one of the things that is kind of this charm of, of conventions in general and, and this thing that people really almost as much as the conventions themselves get very much excited for is this that like I love after these cons happen io9 the website where I get a lot of my news from they do a slideshow of the best cosplay from day one two three so on and so forth and it's just it's kind of cool to see one the amount of work that goes into some of these costumes mm. oh yeah and out of just artistry that goes into some of these kinds. They, they are amazing what people can do yeah. uh, and, and being able to slip into that. So I've only ever been to one convention ever. I did go to a New York Comic Con one year uh, around the time when Avengers dropped. And that was before New York became the East Coast major convention to where it was still reasonable to be able to get a pass to see things important at a Comic Con. Now to go to New York Comic Con, it's almost as difficult as it is to go to San Diego. Just festival. Like, I got to go to New York on a Friday. Right. I mean, and the other part that's missing is uh, the merchandise, you know, and and some of the opportunities to get some really unique stuff, which... Comic-Con Yeah, I mean, and that's that's where it hurts. You know, the cosplay's one thing. Being able to obtain some very unique and rare merchandise... I'm uh, not going to have the opportunity this year so much. I know they're going to release a few things here and there, but it, it's not the same. Hey, DP, I don't know if you saw, but I sent this to you, you know, sent this with you in mind in the chat of the Funko Pop Sandy, San Diego Comic-Con exclusives that that they put out there. Some some mm-hmm. cool stuff. I don't know. I didn't see any yeah. wrestlers, so I don't know. I I don't think I have any of the I think my my dad has one of the exclusives for the Star Wars things uh, from a Comic Con, but that's about it. Uh, but yeah, it's some of that stuff that's that's going to be missing this year, I think, and that's that's a big one for sure. I will say the other thing that's going to benefit, or the other entities that are going to benefit from this style of con, you know, we talked about the comic books. I do think smaller films smaller um i think there's a real opportunity for new mutants you know if we want to dive right in like new mutants is going to have time and have a panel for for the virtual con and boy howdy i hope that part of that panel is them announcing it's just going to go available on disney plus just get the thing out i just don't see it making money yeah at, at this point with its with its tumultuous release schedule and calendar and everything that's gone. Yeah. Just release the damn thing. Recoup something, create some buzz. Maybe, maybe it's get very get, It Maybe it's positively received. And at this point, right. that'd be almost the best case scenario for them, you know, cause it's like, yeah, it's not going to make money. So create some goodwill, create some good buzz, get it out there and, and go from there and see what you can do. Well, and especially right now with everything else getting delayed, if they can get get that thrown out here and, and be like, here, there's something new to watch and get you excited for everything. I think that get a little bit of popularity now more than it would if it got stuck, you know, in between everything else that's been that's going on that's going to end up getting released down the road. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I sent both of you the web a link to the website with the with the calendar of events. I sent you uh, some information from again the website that I love, io9, of the panels they're interested in. But uh, I went through the I went through the schedule myself, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to do so. And I just looked at some panels to me that I think are I think are intriguing and I think are pretty exciting. And so I thought we could talk about some of these and some of the ones that we're most excited about checking out. Bear in mind, everybody, because this is happening via the San Diego Comic-Con West Coast, as I talk about these, I'm going to say their time. These are all at Pacific time. I did not take the time to do the time change. So if I say add three hours on the East Coast, add yeah, two I, hours I, central, add one hour mountain. There you go. <laughs> but math is hard. And all I like to do is read books. And so if I say Thursday at noon, for example, that means noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, which, by the way, always very frustrating when the panels were live trying to track when they actually started because they would advertise is, you know, the Marvel panel starting at 3 p.m. That was really 6 p.m. Eastern time. And I would miss it. We're tricky. We're tricky out here, Patrick. Right. So I'll go ahead and kick it off. I'll talk about the first uh, the first panel that popped into my head. And I think we can just kind of popcorn around uh, as to things that we think are intriguing or, or thoughts about what's out there. But the first one that caught my attention is Amazon Prime is doing a panel that is going to highlight. This is a Thursday at noon, uh, highlighting an upcoming show called Truth Seekers. It is a horror comedy. I've seen images for it. I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. But the mind behind it is Simon Pegg. It's a horror comedy series. Simon Pegg, of course, Shaun of the Dead, uh, amongst others, Hot Fuzz. This is this is his wheelhouse. This is what he does, and he's going to have a panel talking about this new shoe, new show coming, new shoe, new show coming out. <laughs> really big shoe. Really big shoe. Very excited about it. Going to be on Amazon Prime this Thursday at noon. I'm hoping to get a glimpse of this show, be able to to see what what they're really planning to make it do. Is it an anthology series? Is it something that tells a linear story? What's up with it? But you can't go wrong with Simon Pegg and horror comedy, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I love Simon Pegg. Everything he does, I know uh, my significant other enjoys Simon Pegg quite a bit. So I'm sure this one will be on our short list of things to watch for sure. We just saw a fair amount of Simon Pegg, didn't we? With an we with a with an English accent, with a American, American accent, accent yeah. which is weird. Dad. <laughs> uh, I mean, like uh, if we're sticking on Thursday, um, yeah, I think the Star Trek Universe panel that goes down Thursday. That's I, I don't think you're going to get any information about a new movie or something, but they are going to talk about Picard and Discovery and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think looking at, at Thursday as well, you know, Marvel doesn't have a presence. But the six one six show that they're going to be talking yeah, about, yeah, I had that one on mine too. Yeah. That that where they're, they're it's a documentary. What they're saying, exploring the intersections of storytelling, pop culture, and fandom within the Marvel universe. That's going to be fun because that's a good opportunity to connect with the fans and and kind of uh, you know draw the parallels and connect all the dots between what's going on in the MCU and how it is uh, really revolutionized pop culture in so many ways. So that's one on Thursday that. I definitely right. want to check out because it's like the only Marvel real presence they've got going on. Right. The real, or at least the MCU presence that's going on. Um, and it was, it's one of those things I'm excited just because we haven't had a, a recent documentary on the Marvel cinematic universe 
in quite some time. The one that is available on Disney Plus was a, a documentary series that came out in 2014. And, and, you know, and that's like in, in comic book years, that's like 7,000 years old. So to have something like this, I, I'm very excited for I It was on my list, too. That one plays Thursday at 1 p.m. Because I think it'll be, I think it's going to be a very insight. I hope it's a very insightful series, and I'm hoping the panel will will open that window a little bit. Again, just want a glimpse, want to see a little bit of it. So just anything. Well, and you can you can get a little glimpse of the boys season two because they're doing a panel of that on Thursdays as well, which I think is perfectly timed as we finished our season one review and season two coming out in a couple weeks. I think the funniest thing I liked on that is reading the synopsis of of the panel and that they say that the boys is a fun and irreverent take on what happens to superheroes i don't think there was much fun about that soul series so far so what was irreverent <laughs> yeah. about it was it when, was it when we casually broke a train's legs <laughs> like was that yeah. was that was that it was yeah it i don't like, know <laughs> lander turning towards soldiers and being like you guys are the real heroes yeah <laughs> yeah let me go laser some people in half <laughs> and just be uh, glad it's not you. <laughs> yeah. The, the two biggest, I mean, other than the boys for talking Thursdays as well, uh, the two biggest ones that I had on my list was the Bugs Bunny 80th anniversary extravaganza, which I'm really looking forward to just going through the whole, basically the history of Bugs Bunny and, and Looney Tunes almost, and that they have Billy West on the panel as well, which is, Awesome. Just one of the best voice actors of all time and does every show that I've watched basically has at least Billy West does something in there. So it's that one's awesome. I mean, when we did our Saturday morning cartoon episode. I think it was on every single one of our lists. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I think it was number one. Looney Tunes, I know, was number one for me. Right. I think it was uh, number one for for Tony as well. It was on your list, Dave, and it was on my list. Like It's, oh, it's, it's such a yeah. universal thing. And just to add to that, a little O'Dowd, HBO Max, like he spends hours just picking old Looney Tune cartoons every once in a while, just going through them all. And they've progressively been adding episodes. And he's been like, oh, I didn't see that one. I haven't seen that one. And so Bugs Bunny will like that's eternal. Yeah, those are just so classic. And yeah, there's so many just phenomenal episodes that you just can't help but like see one and go oh i remember i remember that one and you got to watch it or you know whatever is that sylvester the cat there david it's just, uh, speaking it's of another, looney tunes another rescue my wife's saving the world huh I've seen pearl. Oh. oh they've seen pearl yeah she's just gotten a lot bigger the last few weeks uh the other one on on thursdays that i wanted to mention and i think it's just a q a it's I don't, nothing extra special but mystery of science theater 3000 is doing a panel nice <laughs> nice and if you if you're any fans of mystery science theater they're gonna have uh joel and uh the bill corbett and uh weinstein who do tom and crow um so <laughs> that's just gonna be a fun little q a i think because there's again so many good episodes where they just rip down old uh, movies and Mystery Science Theaters was one of my just one of my all time favorites as well from going back and watching classic stuff. And I got when I was in college, one of the best things would be after a night of libations, coming home to sci fi in the middle of the night. And it didn't matter at what point in the 
movie you you walked in, but being able to just like sit down and drunkenly laugh at Mystery Science Theater three thousand. When Netflix brought that show back, even on its temporary run, it's it's great. You know, riff tracks for those of you that love riff tracks, same minds there. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that won't be a terrific panel. Right. Thursday, by the way, in my opinion, was the most loaded day out of the schedule. I don't know yeah. if that held true for you guys, but like looking at the rest of uh, of my Thursday, um, the New Mutants. We talked about opportunity. The New Mutants is Thursday at two o'clock. That's their panel. That's an opportunity to, to sell this movie that is allegedly happening. I believe it is happening. It is a panel at Comic Con. It's going to happen. Totally, for for sure. Mm-hmm. They got a show I see on the Thursday. Moving. They got a uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. We'll see. They got a panel on Thursday about a, a show called Utopia, which sounds very promising. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, it's like a bunch of comic readers realize that this graphic novel they're reading is real, and and it's got John Cusack in it, so that sounds promising. John Cusack is always a win. Yeah. You can't go wrong there. The other one, like they got the Collider directors on directing. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, Colin Trevorrow, and Joseph Kozaniski sit down to discuss the past, future, and present work. So um, that's going to be seeing what they've got in the the hopper will be. uh, Those are three. Yeah, three solid directors and see what they think about stuff. So that that's all. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, that's all on Thursday. We got that going for us. Yeah. So there is my uh, my last Thursday panel is I think it's similar to what uh, DP just talked about with a Q&A with the Mystery Science 3000 guys. This one is a um, sci fi panel, Untold Tales of Todd McFarlane and Todd McFarlane, who is both someone who is revered, but also quite the asshole in his own right in comics. I find this guy fascinating from his artwork when he took over for Spider-Man to Spawn, which I wrote a senior, uh, a college senior capstone project paper on the first 100 issues of Spawn as, as a, for a, uh, a class in the portrayal of heroes in, in comic books he fascinates me and there's a documentary coming out on sci-fi wire called Todd, Todd McFarlane, like hell I won't. And they're going to, I mean, it's going to be a panel about that. He's going to be joined by Mark Silvestri and J Scott Campbell and, and talk about his contributions to the industry and also have some fun roasting him as part of it. At least that's what the, the abstract about the, the panel says, but I don't know, Todd McFarlane, guys, I kind of a, a fascinating little enigma, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, to comics and, and where he fits in his place. Yeah, you, you did an essay on the first 100 episodes of Spawn, which are uh, 100 issues. Well, yeah, 100 issues of Spawn. Which, that's that had to be fun because that is a, a great comic, but definitely not the uh, the most linear sort of uh easy thing to digest it was so great because i it's one of the all right i'm gonna brag on myself and i know you love the movie adaptation of spawn right oh the rubber suit yeah no i hate the rubber suit (laughs) i love the animated series that aired on hbo though that was a that was a really good series 
and McFarlane had a lot of control on it. And if they ever redo the Spawn movie like they keep talking, uh, I'll probably give it a watch. But one of my proudest moments was that paper in that class. So to give you an idea of what the, the seminar, it was a seminar class about heroes and heroism. And everybody had to do a capstone project. And there were four categories you could choose from. And it was all about heroes portrayed in children's cinema, heroes portrayed in athletics, like athletes, uh, comic books, and specifically um, Harry Potter, because Harry Potter was really going through its huge thing at the time, and sort of looking at heroic tropes and things like that. And this course, it was it was uh, it was about sixteen people strong, sixteen students strong, and I was able to show a room the or show this class sort of the value the literary value of comics and its roots because spawn is deeply rooted in dante's inferno spawn challenges a lot of conventions within heroism as it's a a soldier of hell battling hell it's a black man in a lead role who makes a deal with the devil to come back because of his love for his wife wanda who learns that his best friend has married her when he's brought back because of course the devil never brings anybody you know makes a bargain that that works out for folks and it was a, just it was a tremendous creative project. The warriors of heaven are all women. It's just it's it's a I think it's ahead of its time as a comic, and was a comic that I felt lasted too long because it really should have it really should have stopped in my opinion after about a hundred issues. It was it, it's like it had a shelf life, and I feel like it exceeded it a little bit. But when it was on. It was, it was all. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of images better hits there, you know, it's not just, uh, aren't they? it is an image comic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It so, is an image. so it's not just walking dead and saga saga with image. So, uh, yeah, I, I love spawn. One of the, one of the best, uh, he's a complex character to be sure. And the, and the comics are pr- fairly complex. So bravo for tackling that thing. That is one I, I have, have never, material. never read. Oh, <laughs> DP. I, yeah, I have um, somewhere buried in the uh, in the archives. I have, a, like I said, the first hundred issues. Nice. I'm sure if they're still in good shape, they'd be worth like a dollar now. But <laughs> I, I do think they're worth a read. I would put them out there. So that was my last uh, Thursday session. That one is hitting Thursday at two o'clock as well. A lot of, a lot going on at two o'clock. The new mutants panel yeah. that Thursday afternoon is pretty loaded with the boys at three. New Mutants at 2, Todd McFarlane, Disney's uh, 616 thing, that's at 1. So good start to the, to the day. Any any other Thursday panels you all want to call attention to? I didn't see any. Because for me, Friday was Slim Pickens. Well, Friday's all about Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's all wa- yeah. a lot of Walking Dead, a lot of Fear the Walking Dead, and then there's like a third show that they're bringing out. Um, but, but what they, they still haven't finished like the last season of the walking dead. Cause they haven't finished filming the last episode or something like that. So that's in a perpetual no, done. They just held it. Oh, they just held it. Okay. So it's a, that, that I like that stuff going on Friday, even though I'm behind on the walking dead. And I mean, and it's fascinating now that the comics have ended. Okay. These guys are persisting and, and seeing where, where they go from that. I moderately curious about the third walking dead show in the universe and see where they go. Um, the one I noticed Lucasfilm publishing though on Friday, they're doing, uh, you got, they don't have much of a presence star Wars. I know they're talking about doing a Dr. Afra panel, which would be cool. 
because she's one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars um, universe. But they're going to be bringing a bunch of authors to talk about uh, upcoming books in the Star Wars extended universe, which is um, where some of the better stuff has been coming out. I mean, if you don't like the movies and we know Patrick and I are split on the movies as to whether they're good or not, but uh, the books by and large have been solid. They're not that good. <laughs> Except Last Jedi. Patrick loves Last Jedi. It's the best of the new one. Yeah. <laughs> At wrestling realist on Twitter for your hate mail. Yeah. <laughs> I send it. I, I have three movies to go before I can write my, my lengthy article that I like. Greg doesn't believe I'm writing because he does it. I have I have the the three new ones to watch now. That's why I'm I'm at the Force Awakens because I'm trying to rewatch them all as I dissect. Here's my thing, guys. We're because it's here time. we go. It's time. Here, here we, we go. go. Here Buckle comes on. side here quest. Side quest. There, there so Star Wars movies, for the most part, I would argue as films are not great films. I think that with few exceptions, they are not great films. I think and and I. We'll say this. I love Star Wars. I own every single one of the movies that have hit the theaters. I am currently watching the Clone Wars. Ultimately, a lot of my problems with these movies, in particular, Dave, you you actually highlighted on a point that I think is problematic for if you just want to watch the movies. When, When you need to read supplemental shit to get you to the point that you got to in movies... That's not a good cinematic universe. Star Wars really lives on the strength of what I would say are two very, very wonderful, terrific movies and and an okay movie. That original core trilogy is two terrific movies. And let's be honest, Jedi is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. And then I'd say it's better than okay, but that's all right. (laughs) Okay. It's okay. It's not bad. I wouldn't qualify it as bad. I wouldn't call it great. You have three prequels that one should have never been made in the first place. And we all know that to be true. Terribly acted, poorly constructed, poorly written. It's clear that George Lucas knows how to think of a story, but needs somebody else to tell it. And then you get these follow-ups, which in my opinion is a movie where the director in the first one is trying to prove how much of a true star Wars fan he is by throwing all these Easter eggs and cameos and look at all this wonderful stuff and essentially retold the original tale. Second movie, which attempted to turn everything on its ear that's polarizing and pissed people off and has disparaging opinions, even within this own show and a third movie that makes no goddamn sense, no matter how many mental cartwheels you want to try to turn to make it make sense and tell yourself it's a good movie. It's just not. And it's okay. It's not. I still love Star Wars. And if you need an expanded universe to tell you how we got from part A to part B, that's problematic to your cinematic universe. It should be a supplement. It should not. It should not have to be the bridge. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, particularly with these newest ones, it's got to be the bridge. And that's a problem. Well, that's why they call it the Star Wars Extended Universe. It's designed to extend the universe. But it shouldn't be the Extended universe. universe. It should be part of the universe to get you to where you got to go. If, okay. Who the fuck knows why the First Order exists if you haven't read something else? Like, you have to go find something else that tells you why the First Order exists and how it came to be. That's problematic. 
But in anyway, some respects, that is not this show. I know, but in some respects, you can say the same thing about Marvel. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is one thing, but there's all these other stories that tie into it that aren't really. But I get what you're saying. You don't need that to understand the MCU, and, and that's exactly. the difference. Yeah, twenty one movies, right? Yeah, that not nine. That really the the biggest the biggest thing you've got to stick to out of those twenty one movies is sitting through the credits to make sure you see the nugget <laughs> as to where they're going next. That's right. And a fan off the street can watch the like a fan off the street can watch the show, the movies and pretty much follow along and know what's up. And in Star Wars, I don't think you can do that necessarily. I think like, our, I shouldn't be like, why the fuck is this happening? And that happens too many times. I think our friend, Wars. our friend Rick proved that the average person who doesn't know anything about <laughs> the comics can watch the MCU and, and, and uh, obtain great in, enjoyment from it. So yeah, there's proof of your theory right there. EP, would you like to weigh in or are you just going to, I'm waiting. Side, I'm waiting side, for the. Side. I'm waiting for the for the Star Wars episode where I get to moderate between you two and ask the questions and get you on one side and the other of the great Probably. debate of is Star Wars a great because Star Wars movies great or not? I love it. I'm waiting for it. Some of them are not the worst thing to happen to Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that, brother. Well, no, Jake, Jake, that, Jake Lloyd is the worst thing to happen to Star Wars. Anyway, let's get back to Sat. Let's get back to Friday. You talked about uh, you. You started this, Dave. I know it was all your fault. You brought, you brought up Star Wars. You got me. There. I just wanted. I just thought the panel sounded interesting. I want to see what they got coming out. I'm looking forward to a 10 a.m. interview that's happening on Friday with Charlize Theron. It's called Charlize <laughs> Theron: Evolution of a Badass where they're going to talk with her about her career. And, you know, it's funny until I read the abstract. I forgot how much of a badass Charlize Theron has been in movies. You know what I mean? Like the order, this, this newest movie that just came out, right? Is that, that's what it's the called. The old guard. The old guard. Yeah. The order is a show or think, something that yeah. has nothing to do with her. Like, that's just, like, the latest in, like, badass roles that she's played, whether it's Eon Flux, whether it's um, her character, what is what is the name of her character? Furiosa? That, is that her name? In yeah, Mad, Mad Max, Max yeah. 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 Where she's the baddest of badasses. Oh, shoot. I think I clicked on Saturday. I was trying to go through the whole filmography. But she's played some really awesome roles. And they're just going to talk to her about it. And and that's cool. Atomic Blonde. That was the other one I was trying to think of. Like, they're they're going to talk to her about Devil's Advocate. You know that's coming. Hey, I love that movie. <laughs> I do. Better better than better than Rise of Star- Skywalker. I tell you what. Uh, I don't know about that. Dude. Vanity. <laughs> Definitely my favorite sin. Arrested Development. How about the character in Arrested Development? You can talk about that one. <laughs> I uh, I I've never watched Arrested Development. Oh, maybe that's, oh God, I don't even know. I don't even know how to respond. Just don't, uh, just don't respond, DP. Just, uh, just let it wash I, over you. I also uh, don't like The Office or Seinfeld. We know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, man. <laughs> well. What well. you play in Arrested Development? Uh, fill me in. Oh, she is uh, kind of a 
somewhat mentally challenged uh, English character who like falls for kind of the main character in the movie, in the show. Mm. And yeah, whether, whether or not she's a, the family's trying to figure out whether or not she's actually challenged or is just a spy that's trying to take over the company. Basically it's a short lived character, but right. It's funny. She's a hell of an actress. (laughs) Like she really is like, like, notwithstanding her action roles like she's in a uh, monster uh where she literally transforms herself uh devil's advocate we laugh about it but she plays a pretty solid role in, in the devil's advocate that you know mm-hmm. for for an over-the-top movie that is just al pacino at his al pacinoists it's it's just a it's a great like she plays a really strong solid role she's just she's a great actress and and terrific to watch so I'm really looking forward to her her interview this this panel. She's going to be interviewed by IGN's Terry Schwartz, and uh, I think that I think that's going to be one that's going to be worth the time to check out. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool. I I really like her as an actor as well. So that's that's going to be a really fun one to just listen to and how she created, you know, how she got into those characters and everything is is just fun to listen to. And a lot of those is just. Those are kind of the things I like is hearing kind of the back behind the scenes things on movies. Uh, for me, for Friday, I mean, to hell with The Walking Dead. I'm not I'm not a fan of The Walking uh-huh. Dead. What I want to talk about is is H. John Benjamin and the two hours of four to five with Bob's Burgers and Archer, which are two of my favorite animated series right now. <laughs> I, you know, you, you've sung the praises of Bob's Burgers more than once on this show in the last few weeks. Like, it's, yeah. And from what I understand, it's one that's really found its groove in the last couple of seasons. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, it really has. Um, it's admittedly haven't checked it out. Yeah, it's it's one that's yeah, kind of that hit. I don't know if it's necessarily a hidden gem anymore, but it's it's just awesome. It's got a lot of good, you know, voice actors or you know, yeah, people that you know, actors that you know, like Kristen Shaw and and you know H. John Benjamin playing the main character and um, you know, and it's just a it's a goofy animated comedy that's a little more adult but yet can still be kind of kid friendly in a, in a sense with the way oh, they do it archer, archer is far kid friendly but it's a hidden gem i would say that's still a, a show that has a strong cult following and it's one of those like you either know or you don't know yeah that's true uh, anybody i, I mentioned that show too is the same way it's either they're either one side or the other. They have no idea what it is, or they are up to date and know everything that's going on. And I'm actually going through the last couple seasons right now, rewatching it just because the new season's coming out. Um, boy, a couple weeks. I can't remember when the release date is August something or September first beginning of September, but that one's going to be awesome because it's, if you are watching or you're not watching and are caught up, then spoiler alert, but this next season, he's finally coming out of his coma. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they, what they move on to. Cause the last couple of years, like well, the last three seasons have been kind of him in a dream sense, you know, him inside his coma, inside his mind of, and each three, each season was just completely off the wall, weird, different than everything else before it. So it's, uh, you know, which way they're going to end up going with this thing now is, is kind of very interesting. And I know we've, Hopefully we'll get a little teaser. I'm a little disappointed that because H. John Benjamin looks like he's going to be part of the panel for Bob's Burgers, but not for Archer. 
which yeah. are back to back. And I'm like, well, I could have jumped on that one. But, uh, you know, but still, everybody else seems like they're going to be part of that panel, which is really cool. Um, so seeing, yeah, kind of what the next season of Bob's Burgers is going to look like and most definitely what the next season of Archer is is going to be trending towards are going to be pretty fun. And seeing those guys on a panel, I think, is going to be pretty entertaining. Big question yeah, Dave, for Friday yeah. is uh, whether the Joss Whedon panel will happen. I know there's a lot of speculation that that's uh, probably not going to happen. But uh, Yeah, I can't imagine that's going to happen. It's scheduled, but given everything that's going on, yeah, I, I tend to agree with io9 on that, that I doubt that's going to go down. How how can you watch that panel? Yeah. I, <laughs> what are they going to ask? So, uh, Joss, uh, anything new going on? Yeah, just a bit. Right. Yeah, it's horribly awkward and weak. Have you have you ever um I meant to ask is it have you ever checked out Archer? Me? Dave? Yeah, you No, I, well I don't think so. You should check out Archer. Okay. I've heard a lot about it, but I it's just yeah, something I haven't got around to checking out. No, you out. should you should check out Archer. Okay. <laughs> I think you'd appreciate it. I think you would I think you would enjoy it thoroughly. Is it better than Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Okay. Most things are better than Rise of Skywalker, though. Except so Dumb and Dumber. Except Dumb and Dumber. You wouldn't go True, that far. Nothing is worse. Nothing is worse than Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> no, no, I, I have yet. Well, I shouldn't say that because I have yet to give a zero zero point review in the nerd review. But boy, howdy, did did uh, Dumb and Dumber come close with its? Oh. Patrick would have given One Eyed Monster a better review than Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I was more entertained by One-Eyed Monster than I was by <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. So. If, uh, if, if another one of their movies, Shallow Hal, would have made our list, that one I would have given a zero. Because that one was horrible. That's bad, bad, bad stuff. <laughs> Anybody else got anything for Friday before we move into Saturday? I've only got two for Saturday. Friday, like I said, for me was slim pickings. Yeah, like, yeah. There, was one, there was one session for Friday that, that intrigued me on Saturday. I've got two. They're both in the afternoon. They're late. One is going to be 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific. And that's the Bill and Ted Face the Music band on Saturday. Yeah, I hear. Nostalgia is in. We've seen a snippet and a clip. I'm hoping we get some more because I feel like we've earned it in this pandemic, by golly. We're waiting. We're waiting and we're excited. Yeah. They got well, and and the fact that Keanu Reeves is going to be there too, like he's going to be part well, of the panel, which is pretty yes. awesome. And aren't they there? He's also going to be part of the Constantine panel, right? That's going on yes. on Saturday, yeah. so that's going to be interesting. That he's going to be there for that. Now they've got all the talk about a reboot of Constantine, which re- raises the question: Is Keanu going to be involved in that? Uh, so yeah, Saturday seems like Keanu Reeves' day, which. Let's be honest, you can't go wrong. You know, it's not like it's not like Hugh Jackman where you can have too much Hugh Jackman. You can never have too much Keanu Reeves. By the way, totally a DC show I watched, the Constantine series that was short-lived before getting moved over to the uh to the CW as part of that expanded universe. Loved that show. Good stuff. Justice League Dark's fun. Different. But very different di- so. very different take on the Justice League. Um what else they got going on? There's a couple things on Saturday that are happening. Um, what is this one? They got, I know they're doing like the the uh, horror guys are all getting together to talk like Lock and Key, Nosferatu, and a few other ones. I think that's on Saturday. Yep. So that'll be cool to see where Lock and Key is going for, for season two. Or, or maybe, 
the best the best thing possible would be if we got a release date for lock and key season two if we get that out of that panel that'll make it worth worth my at least for bandwagon nerds planning purposes it would be it would be very helpful I'm getting nervous though. I don't know if we can trust any release dates at this point. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, even, even, even if it's just a guesstimate, that's at, close, least at least something. Yeah. I mean, at least something yeah. to go on. One uh, from else one, and maybe this is the other one that's on Patrick's list is what we do in the shadows. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Which yes. was the other one I had. Although when I started, when I read the synopsis as well, I, I was a little disappointed that, uh, and I'm going to forget his name, but Nandor, the, the actor's name, is, it doesn't look like he's part of the panel. Neither are. Taika Waititi or Jermaine Clement, right. which is a little disappointing, but having those guys together and, and being able to talk about this show, which is just right. a fantastic show if you if you ever got a chance to watch it, and a fantastic movie as well. I was going right. to ask you guys about missing. this show. Do you have to watch the movie to be able to watch the show? Not necessarily. And how no, many? Seasons, what, what is this? The second season for what we do in the shadows? Yes, there's there's two seasons so far. There are there are some callbacks to the movie. The movie is worth a watch, and I think it's streaming somewhere. Uh, I couldn't tell you where off the top of my head, but the there's a couple of episodes within the within the series where characters from the movie are in the episode, and that helps. the The one that I think in particular that a lot of folks call to is that the vampires that you follow in the series get called before kind of like a tribunal, a court of other vampires and like Taika, Taika Waititi's character uh, from the movie is one of the vampires. Well, here's the, go ahead. Well, and one of the uh, uh, Clement is one of the right. Yeah. Jay Clement, who's leaving the show. Like he's no longer going to be writing for the show, which may be why he's not on the, why he's not on the panel okay, anymore. Yeah. Cause he talked about, they like, he's just got too much to do. His character makes random appearances throughout the show as well. Um, but you can watch one independent of the other. The storytelling is different. So and here, you can get it on Hulu. Here's my the, it looks like you can get the movie on Hulu and then the rest of the, the show is on Hulu as well. So here's what I was gonna suggest or throw that out there. Do you guys want to swap what we do in the shadows for Tales from the Loop for the poll? Because Tales from the Loop didn't do so well the last time. It got pretty well that's fine. that's that's, de- that's definitely a patrick o'dowd interested mo- uh, series not necessarily the masses um but yeah what i mean i don't need a reason to rewatch what we do in the shadows i've never but, seen it but i've heard nothing but great things so i figure if it's doom patrol that doom doom patrol crisis on infinite earth umbrella academy and what we do in the shadows uh yeah that's a hell of a foursome I'm cool with that, and you can crank through because those are only half-hour episodes. Oh, even better! We do the shadows, so you could watch. You could do two, and, and watch them just sort of back to back. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see yeah. what the 22 uh, listeners vote for the <laughs> for the four. Yeah, we can four. we can swap out tales from the loop. I think that's totally fine. You know who is on that? What we do in the shadows panel? That's very exciting, though. Haley Joel Osment. Yes, read yeah, that. Fantastic. Well, and you got to understand again, Dave. You haven't seen the character he plays. Okay, he's he's in, he's in exactly one episode, and <laughs> it's outstanding. And it's a season two episode, but it's outstanding. It's just hilarious. The random, the randomness of some of the special guests that they get to play a right. vampire is is hilarious as well. When you get in, if you get into the show, and one of the ones with the panels when they have a bunch of other 
basically vampires that played a vampire in other shows or movies. It's just fantastic. And they poke fun at it. It's just some of that stuff is great. Right. I don't want to spoil some of it for Dave. So I, yeah, I won't get too that, far. If, into that it. One, if that one wins <laughs> the poll, we want, we want to hold off because we don't want to spoil all the fun. Cause Dave, yeah. I just, there's very few shows that make me laugh almost from start to finish. And that is, that is one of them. It is hilarious. I'm All excited right. to see how this turns out. The people have not gotten it wrong yet. Well, they only that's had one true. try at it, but that's all right. Right. One of the other one of the other uh, panels that I'm interested in seeing, and this is more of just because I'm curious about the show, less because of who's actually participating in the panel. Uh, HBO is doing a panel at four o'clock on their upcoming show, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Deep in HP HP Lovecraft but it's going to take a look at Jim Crow America in the 1950s. So, you know, sci-fi with a, with a message, which if there's one thing that sci-fi does well, it's that sci-fi and horror in particular, in my opinion, always very reflective of our current society. And I think this is going to be another example of that. So I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say about the show, hoping that we see some more snippets of the show before it hits the airwaves on HBO. Yeah. That one looked interesting. I don't have anything yeah, else on all, Saturday. Right. And then nobody ever yeah. goes to Comic-Con on Sunday. I have nothing on the Sunday. Well, there so is one thing on Sunday. There is one thing. Okay. What do you got? It's Nathan, Nathan Fillion day. Nathan. I mean, he is yeah. the Comic-Con God. So, I mean, you gotta, he's got his own panel on Sunday. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. That's, I had that one on the list as well as the, there's another HBO max on the Looney Tunes cartoons uh, going on as well too. So, yeah. you know, Kind of interested to see what happens there, you know, if it's more just a continuation of what they talked about earlier on with the old school Looney Tunes or Bugs Bunny stuff. Uh, but Nathan Fillion as well, it was on my list as something that's always kind of fun because he's been in so much sci-fi shit. Yeah, that he's just entertaining he as James hell. James Gunn have a really good relationship. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, that, Sunday was my, my Sunday was my day for sure. Right. Kind of like my Friday. It's usually like yeah. a travel day. You know, people are going home. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that technically Comic-Con starts on a Wednesday, but Wednesday, nothing's going on. It's mostly a setup day and Sunday's a teardown day. And so the panels that you get on Sunday usually aren't the big deal. Saturday night is always kind of the big night. Whoever gets Saturday night is usually the panel that everybody's paying attention to. And historically that's gone to Marvel, went to DC. It's gone like whoever's doing. And again, Film-wise, too. It's always film. And so when you don't have Hall H doing the big panel, it, it makes this a much more interesting sort of spread uh, of, of of panels. I, and I just I guess I don't have a better way to describe it. It's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out and what we get excited about, because next week we're going to break down Comic-Con. We're going to break down what we learned and what we saw, whether it's panels we watched ourselves or just the news that comes out of Comic-Con. Cause the other thing that happens out of Comic-Con that was always a, a bountiful tree for, for the, for the bandwagon nerds was that was where trailer park got all kinds of content because Comic-Con is trailer time. That's when we would get all this stuff released. And, you know, without the MCU being there, without DCU being there, like just even major film franchises, because that was the other thing is like 
other film franchises would, would be at Comic-Con, we'd get trailers. I'm hoping we still get some good stuff to release and break down. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that, we, you know, we're going to come back. We're all going to probably watch a few panels, you know, some of the ones that we've talked about to be able to break this down for everybody next week. Because I do think that there's still a lot of good coming out of this virtual convention. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's going to be and stuff to talk about. Yeah, like you said, though, there's, there's, uh, you know, looking at the list, there's not that one or two or anything that that big panel that you're looking at that's going to be like, oh, here's the new trailer for that brand new awesome movie we've been waiting for, or anything, or the sequel to this. That that's not there this year. So no. it'll be interesting to see what the big talk is after all of this. But I, I tell you what, if they get this uh, pandemic under control, next year's Comic-Con is going to be probably the biggest one in history. It's be I, mean, yeah. I mean, just ridiculously massive. If they, if they get it under control, then yeah, I mean, Comic-Con 2021, where it's going to be like a, a three day episode for us, you know, we're just going to record right. for three well, days. It'll be one of those. We're going to have to take care of in post-production. So we don't go into three hours. Yeah. So, but that'll put a bow on this week's episode, fellas. San Diego Comic Con, great breakdown. I think we gave a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. So make sure, folks, that you take a take a look at that. It seems to be free. It's on YouTube. It's brought to you by Amazon Prime. So I'll be interested to see where some of those those panels come from. Uh, but before we go, I do have my one question. Pod has a question. Last week we did the music episode. I talked about one hit wonders for music, uh, for movies. As last week's question this week, I thought I'd stick with the movie theme and the music theme, but I want you to think of score. So orchestral pieces and for you all, what piece of music, orchestral music sticks with you in terms of like movie themes? So are we talking, are we talking more just like, you know, music that plays or, or like specific can soundtracks count. Soundtracks like, can count, but I'm thinking like themes, tunes. Like when you hear specific chords of music, and I'll use one that I don't think will be on your list. John Williams wrote the theme to Jaws, right? That's part of the score. Everyone yeah. knows that. Which ones are the ones that resonate with you? Because I think well, the first one that I thought of, like, because actually anything John Williams was the first thing I thought of, because right. Star Star Wars. It's got to be probably number one, because when you hear that, you know, it's Star Wars. It's copied all over the place and, and you know, shows and other movies and things like that. And that's just a, the biggest one. I got a feeling from you watching Indiana Jones this weekend. That's this is where it's coming from, because <laughs> oh, Indiana Jones is another Jones. one. Indiana Jones, very distinctive. Yes, that, that, <laughs> that you know. You know it's Indiana Jones. Little O'Dowd wanted to finish the trilogy, so we uh, I saw it was on regular TV. No, it was, it, um, they're all on Netflix right now. All four of them. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. There. When I was watching, was that Saturday when I when I was watching uh, White Man Can't Jump was on regular TV. Yes. And, you can hear and Jimmy. And then uh, Indiana Jones was on as well. So I thought maybe that's where you were watching it. <laughs> uh, but th- yeah, that was the big one. That was the big one for me it was, I guess, that one. Because I have a couple other like soundtracks that are really good that are memorable. Right. But uh, that's the the biggest ones for me would be those two. Well, when you talk about star Wars, for me, it's the Imperial March. Yeah. From, yes. From Empire strikes back. Like yeah. that one has probably like, everybody knows the star Wars theme song as well, but anytime somebody evil shows up, 
anywhere in your head. Dun 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 dun. Like everybody goes into that. So that was another big one. The ones for me, I mean, the ones you guys mentioned are, are obviously right there, but the ones that you didn't mention, I think the uh, theme from uh, the Superman movies from the late 70s, John, at John Williams as well, uh, and especially loved how in Superman Returns where they kept that same score and tried to kind of inject some of the uh, what made the original one so magical into Superman Returns. Unfortunately, they didn't bother to tell the screenwriter about that part, so that's where it all kind of fell apart. Uh, I think the theme from Rocky, I mean, whether you like the Rocky movies or not, as far as iconic theme songs, that that Rocky theme song is, is uh, the score to that is as iconic as anything you can get. You know, but I, I actually beginning... watched Rocky one last yesterday. Did you? It, yeah, it was oh. on T it was on TV on one of the random movie channels. And I was about halfway through it, but like I, you know, it's, it's interesting because we, we talk about Rocky four all the time on this show. Rocky one is a, is an amazing movie. It really is. It really, really is an amazing film. And just the ultimate underdog. I mean, Rocky II has always been my favorite, probably because he wins. Because he wins. Because he wins. Yeah, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, but uh, yeah, but it wasn't about winning Rocky one. That's what was so great about right. Rocky it was one. just it's about just not about him winning. It was him going, going the distance. Going the distance. Back when it. fights went fifteen rounds, you know, and that sort of right. thing, which never happens now. And then uh, the second one, you knew, okay, he's got to win. And then, and then, yeah, I mean, the, the series shifts in a direction where they really do something different where it's no longer really about overcoming odds or, or anything. It's just about let's uh, what's commercially successful, but without Rocky three Hulk Hogan would never have been what he turned into. Uh, amongst other things, but okay. Yeah. What, yeah. what, Mr. Nanny? <laughs> Thunder lips, Mr. Dan. Nanny. Thunder lips. <laughs> so, Ultimate male he, spectacle. We've given a lot of love to John Williams, but another composer that I love that, uh, if you go back and is and, and is more recent because he's still doing movies and is uh, Alan Silvestri. And yeah. Alan Silvestri, you would know him best for making the for writing the Avengers theme that plays throughout all four of the Avengers movies when they when it's always the hero moment, right? When they're when they're going into charge. Like that's that's Alan Silvestri. He also wrote the Back to the Future theme, which is a is a great great little theme song that people get excited about, and the last one for me was uh, is a uh, Howard Shore composer for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, there you and go. And the uh, and it's not so much the Lord of the Rings theme, but it's the Riders of Rohan theme, which is played on the on a fiddle when they do their charges and when they always show up. I always liked that theme more than the than the the horns ablazing Lord of the Rings tune. Yeah, one last person in modern stuff, Hans Zimmer. Has done some yep. really good stuff lately with the D, with the uh, Dark Knight trilogy, uh, even yep. the DC stuff, the the DC extended or DC cinematic universe lately with uh, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, really good stuff that he's done. Yeah, I I think those are all. You know, I think that a lot of times it's easy, like soundtracks are easy, and we you know those are the things that are easy to find. But if you can find a good score, that that really connects people to a movie. It's amazing what that does for a movie. That's part of why Star. I I think Star Wars isn't Star Wars without John Williams. Oh, agree. You know what I mean? Like that opening crawl with his with his soundtrack. Just I can't. I was 
I never saw that in a theater. I wasn't alive when that movie hit. But I could just imagine how people's minds were blown with that brass section playing in there and the huge Star Wars showing up on the screen and then fading away. It's just unbelievable. Well, as somebody you know, who did Jones, as somebody who did see it in the theaters, yes. It was a <laughs> momentous like what the hell is this? You know, I mean that like, was that's kind of that that moment where it's like what 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 is going on here? Yeah. The yeah, right the just, right music can draw can really draw you in or add that extra element that makes it a you know a good movie to a great movie sometimes that just gives you that extra goosebump. Right. Like and, si- and like John Psycho. Williams, <laughs> the music music yeah. from Psycho for instance. And John Williams is the elder statesman there, you know, it is you, you look at the you look at his movies whether it's Jaws, Star Wars, Superman, the the fucking Olympics, he, the the NBC nightly news theme, um, the battle for Midway, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, just goes on. Et anything Steven Spielberg, I think. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Spielberg and Lucas, yeah, one one thousand percent, like all of those. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah. There we go. The other side of movie music, the composers, the people who give us our scores. Fellas, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Good show. Great preview. Look forward to next week when we're going to break down what we learned from San Diego Comic-Con. Before we go, why don't we tell everybody where to find us? Let's start with the lawyer this week. David, tell everybody where to find you. Well, you can find me on the Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, or on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Then you can find me all over the worldwide social media interwebs, at it's me, DPP. You can also uh, follow the DWI podcast uh, that I'm on as well. That's on Twitter at Podcast DWI, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DWI podcast. And the A Winner Is You podcast, which is on episode five now we're working our way up you, go. you can follow that all over twitter and facebook at a winner is you the letter you a winner is you and uh you know you mentioned earlier that pro wrestling com slash the chair shot to go get your t-shirts by the time this one drops there may be a a winner is you t-shirt that will be available for everyone to go purchase we really need to get our shit in gear patrick i mean we really need a bandwagon right. nerds well, t-shirt Again, we're we're the ones getting shuffled around every week, so you know we're the we're the ones that are on the outs. Uh, <laughs> we're the we're the MVPs of this whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, it's fine. Uh, and you can follow me at Wrestling Realist on the Twitter. That's at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can follow this show at Bandwagon Nerds. That's where you go to vote for all the polls, and that's at Bandwagon Nerds, just like it's spelled. Nothing complicated there. You can listen to me every now. It sounds like Monday uh, when the Bandwagon Nerds podcast will drop and Wednesday for the Greg DeMarco show where myself, Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales talk some wrestling. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the chairshot.com or not. Sorry, the chairshot. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's all right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds on the chairshot.com part of the chairshot radio network. Now get yourself out of the basement Get some sun, then come back in, crank up YouTube, and watch some Comic-Con, because it's going to be fun. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Stay away from the COVID dogs.
I think you're all fucked in the head. We're ten hours from the fucking fun park, and you want to bail out. Well, I'll tell you something. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun, we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.